Well, thank you to Anthea and the team for leading us um, in such a sweet time of worship this morning. Um, I told you we're bringing out the big guns, and uh, this is who they are, Irene and Angela and Anthea. Um, we, uh, we, we wanted to focus in on, um, on keeping on keeping on um, this morning. And so, uh, so each of them are going to be sharing uh, from God's Word um, about a character who kept on keeping on. Uh, in the area of just keep on keeping on in community and passing on faith and, and then prayer. Um, but just before Irene speaks, let me, let me share with you uh, from, from Philippians. I thought this ties in so nicely with that last message, uh, that last song that we sang and then into the message as well. Um, it says this, Shane, I wonder, can you switch on the lights? It, it doesn't say that, but I've just asked Shane if you do that. It's uh, Philippians chapter 3 from verse 7. Uh, Paul, uh, he, he writes about um, you know, all the great things he's done, actually. Um, he gives kind of a resume. But he says this in verse 7, But whatever was for my profit, I consider it loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider Christ and be found in Him, not uh, that comes from the law, sorry, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. Sorry. You can tell them I'll phone them back. I'm available, but after the service. Okay, here we go. I'll start again. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all, th I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I might gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship that, uh, fellowship of His sharing in His suffering, becoming like Him in His death, and to somehow attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained all this or already have been made perfect, but I press on, I keep on keeping on. I press on to take hold of, which, of that which Christ has taken hold of me. And I consider myself not yet to take hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Right? Irene, take us home. Thank you, Matt. Good morning, everybody. Um, I, I don't know how many people know this, but... Um, they say that men can speak about 5,000 words a day. And ladies can speak anything from 15 to 25,000 words today. So I hope you'll be with Anthea, Angela, and I. But don't worry, we've, we're not going to keep you here that long. But we, I've got the privilege of uh, sharing the message and the character of Priscilla as we look into the subject of community and what it means to be part of a community. And often I find that when you speak, say that word, the idea of living life with people who serve each other, share together in common beliefs and attitudes and goals, often some people respond with an attitude of excitement and joy because they just love it. Other people get anxious and nervous and maybe just even petrified to even think of being involved in a big group and being in, simply maybe because of past experiences or even just 
because of the unknown. But I'm going to share with you this morning about a lady and her husband, Priscilla and Aquila, who were just as involved in community. And if you weren't here last Sunday, I'd encourage you to get the teaching that Pierre, when he preached about community, there's so much involved. And from their teaching, you will see the benefits and the joys and the reward of serving with people, doing life together with people, especially in the body of Christ. If you open up your Bibles to, chapter in, to the book of Acts, it's the fifth book in the New Testament. And if you turn to chapter 18, immediately we come up and we meet with Priscilla and Aquila, a hus Christian husband and wife that had just been deported out of Italy after Claudius Caesar issued a decree that all Jews had to be deported out of Rome. Not knowing where to go, but on their journey, they come to the city of Corinth. Now, Corinth, for any Christian at the time, would have been a hostile environment. It was, although it was a buzzing trade center, it was also a city full of corruption and immorality. Some translations say every conceivable sin and great wickedness. But it was there that they set up home and they started their work and their trade as tent makers. And they worked together. Some, uh, when Back in that day, a tent making was leather making, as a tents were made out of leather. And I could have, can imagine that it was quite difficult, especially for a lady, to be working with leather and sewing. But Priscilla did it alongside her husband, Aquila. The Apostle Paul was on his second mission trip, and he also ended up in Corinth. And it was there that he met up with Priscilla and Aquila. And they had common interests and immediately became good friends, possibly just by starting off with the joy and the love for the things of God, and then also tent making. Paul was also a tent maker. So Priscilla and Aquila invite Paul into their home, and they invite him to stay with them. And it's there that he joins them in tent making. And I can only just imagine the hours that they spent around their home and sitting and sewing tents together, but also sharing life together, and then talking about the things of God. It must have been great to sit under such a man as Paul with all his wealth of spiritual wisdom. Priscilla and Aquila's support and friendship with Paul only grew. So much so that they joined him on a mission trip and ended up in Ephesus. And it was in Ephesus that they came across this a scholar who was preaching the scriptures very boldly and he was extremely outspoken. But as they listened to him, and from the instruction that they had received from Paul, they soon realized that Apollos didn't have the full truth of Jesus Christ. So instead of criticizing him, rejecting him, or pushing him aside, or even open confrontation, the, the word says in Acts 18 verse 26, that they took him aside and explained the way of God more accurately. Having the full truth of Jesus Christ, his life, his death, his resurrection and the indwelling and the power of the Holy Spirit in his life, Apollos would actually go on to preach even more boldly about the word of God and the scriptures and he actually became extremely effective and powerful in the early church of its day. From that first initial invite to Paul, Priscilla and Aquila eventually opened up their home for an early church to start. 
And it was at this place that they could worship and learn more about Scripture and just grow, the church could grow. Paul recognizes their efforts in serving and in community when he writes to them in the book of Romans, to, to the Roman church. And from that we get the idea that Aquila and Priscilla possibly ended up back in Rome. And there they started the church when he says, Greet Priscilla, this is in Romans 16 verse 3 to 5. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Jesus Christ, who risked their necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. Greet also the church in their house. In this passage, it's interesting that Paul mentions Priscilla before Aquila. Not the norm for the culture of the day to mention the wife before the husband. We're not sure why he did that. But it could have mean that maybe Priscilla was the stronger character of the two. Or maybe even Paul was just acknowledging her as a woman who was bold and courageous in the work of the Lord. And it's a challenge for me as, as a wife, as a mom, as a lady in community, in work, wherever I go. That am I bold and courageous for God? Whatever the reason that Priscilla is mentioned before Aquila here, it's interesting to note that every time they are mentioned together, it's not singular. And in marriage and in ministry, we see them always together. There's a form of unity, something that's not always there. Hence, we might all need to be here for married couples on the 3rd of June. <laughs> but it's in a great example that we should all strive for to work together and be one with each other irrespective of where you are at today whether it's marriage or you're mar single maybe you're young maybe you're older in the faith or maybe just in age the question we may want to ask ourselves is how are we doing in community and it's not about comparing ourselves to others but what has God called us to do in our church community in the places where we work and interact with others how are we influencing them positively, just as we sang earlier for the cause of Christ? I had to look at this and really look at myself and go, where I work, where I worship, where I live, where I play, wherever it is, are we developing and growing the relationships we have around us? Are we following and supporting those who need our support and encouragement to further the gospel of Jesus Christ and the good news that Jesus brings hope? And are we using our resources? Is it my home, like Priscilla and Aquila? Is it my time, my talent, my gifting? Whatever it is, how am I using it for the cause of Christ? It's a real challenge that I think you'll also find even get more information and clarity if you listen to Pierre's message from Sunday. I'd like to just share my story of how being part of a communi church community affected my life. I was born into a pastor's home, so I had no choice, and I was immediately thrown into being part of church community. I loved it. It was all I knew. I saw and experienced firsthand the joy and the fulfillment of people serving together, serving each other, serving the community, supporting those in leadership, and they were using their resources, whatever they had, to honor God. 
And it just became part of, so that's what we do. That's how we do it, especially if you love God. And even um, as I was growing up, if there was a ministry or something that I felt I could get involved in, I got involved. And it wasn't because I felt under pressure because I'm the pastor's kid. Never that. It was my love for God and the contagiousness of serving that I'd seen in everybody else. And even in my married life, Billy, my husband and I, we also got more involved and we served together. We had a small group. We did various things together. It was all I knew shaped who I am. We moved cities and got involved straight away because what, that's what we do. And then a time came that rocked my world and shattered everything I believed about church community. When one day, I say it was a day, but it was over time, we experienced a very deep and almost we didn't think we could recover a wound from some of the church leadership. It shattered and wounded me so deeply that I wanted to quit. Not my relationship with God, that was deep. And it was in that time that I clung to God even more. And I realized my desperate need for Him. But it, the situation for me had been probably one of the most traumatic events of my life that I ever went through. I wasn't used to that type of shepherd leadership that we are blessed to have here at SBC. I quickly, we, had, we moved on and um, moved, went to another church and we were really, really blessed. But I sat on the outside and it was much easier for me to isolate myself and to build up walls to protect myself. But I soon realized that the very wall I was building to protect myself actually became a wall where I couldn't allow people in and I couldn't allow situations to positively affect me and help me heal. God began to speak to me. And I then knew that I had to get in touch with people again and to trust again. And he set me up with people like Priscilla and Aquila, who opened up their home to us, spent many hours praying with us, sharing the scriptures with us, encouraging us, and helping us to heal. And it took a time. Sometimes it was very small steps. Sometimes they were bigger than others. And I will be honest, sometimes it felt like I went backwards. But I knew that I had to keep moving forward. I had to keep on keeping on. And with time, we forgave, we healed, and we were, our trust in man was restored again. And I'm so thankful to those people today, like Priscilla and Aquila, who did that very thing, because I am now able out of that to also be a Priscilla on occasions to people who may be also hurting or in a need. And we never know when God may call us to be a Priscilla and Aquila to somebody. And in, when we are in community, we never know when we are going to need Priscilla's and Aquila's to help us through something really tragic or just to walk alongside us. Wherever you are at this morning, I know God knows your point of need and how much you may need somebody or a couple or you may, he may be challenging you to step out in faith and be that couple and use what you God has given you. 
And as Angela prepares to come up, I'd like to just close with these two scriptures that really encouraged me because I know for a fact that without God and without people like Priscilla and Aquila, I would not be able to stand up here this morning and share this story with you. I would probably still be sitting on the outside like a spectator watching a race that I used to be part of and longing to get back into it. I'm back. And I know that it was because of God and the people around me. And this is what God shared with me constantly. I had it all the time. Galatians 6 verse 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. And I close with this. Probably a real strength, and I hope it encourages you as well. Isaiah 40 verse 31 says, But those who trust or hope in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings of eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. You may be tired. You may be discouraged. You may be disillusioned. But keep on keeping on. The prize is at the end. Don't give up. Not, it's not time. Good morning, everybody, especially to our beautiful ladies here today. It's so wonderful to see all the beautiful faces. No matter what age you are, no matter where you are in life, just remember that God loves you and we love you. And just thank you for, for coming today. Um, it's my privilege today to speak to you about faith. And um, I'm speaking about Eunice and Lois. These are two amazing amazing ladies in the Bible that teach us to live by faith. Lois was a grandmother of Timothy, whom we read about in the Bible, and Eunice was his mother. Lois passed down her attitude of faith to her daughter, Eunice, and she in turn passed it on to Timothy, teaching him the truth about Jesus Christ, and thus the fruit of her ministry to her son still impacts our lives 2,000 years later. Even though Eunice was a Christian, um, she married a, a man who was Greek and was a non-believer, and yet, as was passed down by her mother Lois, she lived a peaceful and blessed life with her family according to God's word, and taught Timothy the truths of God, reading the scriptures to him and exposing him to other great Christians such as Paul. We as mothers, especially these days, can continue in the same path as these amazing ladies in, in, um, in the Bible um, and teaching and being an example to our children. Um, as we know that this world is not a nice place to be in these days and there's so much corrupt and wrong things going on around us. And if we can't keep on teaching our children and being an example to our children, what examples are they going to claim from the world? So it's such an important thing that we remember that we are in God, that he is for us, that he is with us, and only in him can we get our strength and, and um, rely on his strength to, to teach our children and carry on. Um, 
Um, it's important to speak to them about Jesus, continue speaking to them about Jesus, reading their Bible stories, and teaching them to pray. Um, I'm, a, a gran, a, I'm a blessed granny of six grandchildren, and no competition, but I just want to say that mine are the best kids in the world. Um, each one comes with their own little personalities and complications, and one of them especially is an extremely sensitive little boy, and he gets anxious very, very quickly. He likes to know where he's at, what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, and if that doesn't happen, he can get very, very anxious. So, and he, he's quite an academic child and a sports child, so he gets invited away, and of course, all very anxious about those things. So, um, I had the privilege of, of sharing with him more about Jesus, um, teaching him to pray about when he gets anxious, just to get on his knees and pray to the Lord. And um, he's been able to do this and he's realized the peace that he gets from that. And if he's unable to pray or doesn't want to pray, of course he comes to, to, to me or he asks his parents to pray for him. But that has just given him a tremendous peace. So I just want to encourage you ladies, um, Let's face it, us mothers are the cornerstone in the homes. Sorry, men, but I think we are. And we need to really be an example to our children. And I know it's not always easy. Therefore, um, I encourage you, you know, where you are battling, um, if you're needing advice, if you're needing strength, I know we all need, we all feel weak at times. I think this video that we saw is just such an example of how often we feel that way. We don't all like to admit it, but we all have our, our strong points, our weak points, and we have our good days and our bad days. So I encourage you to draw on, to, on the strength of ladies here at SBC in the SBC community. There are many mature ladies here, many prayer warriors, who would love to help you, to join with you in praying for you, for your family, for your children, and that you can just continue being strong in the Lord. And just remember that the Lord is with you, and he will never leave you or forsake you, and just keep holding on to him. Um, Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9 says, Two are better than one, because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. So a friend can encourage you when you're feeling weak or when you're feeling down. And that is why it's so important, as was said earlier on, to have two of you, like you and your husband, working together. And if you, as a mother, feel that you're needing somebody, another lady to pray with you, there are many ladies around you that will be willing to, to pray with you and encourage you. Um, for instance, who would have known what impact Timothy's life would have made on the earth um, today? All those years ago when his mother prayed for him, I'm sure she must have also felt very despondent at times, thinking, Lord, where are you? How can I do this? How do I get through this? But she just kept on faith. The faith that she learned from her, her mother, Lois, she just kept on praying for her, for her children. So may you be faithful in passing on faith to your children or your family. And who knows what God has in store for your children and for your grandchildren and for your great-grandchildren. Um, it's up to us as mothers, no pressure, but it's up to us as mothers to really keep on praying. 
seeking the Lord for our, for our lives, for our spouses, for our children, for our grandchildren. And um, the Lord will come through. Even though at, at times it's tough, you think you can't do this anymore, the Lord always comes through in the end. So um, may you be faithful in passing your faith on to your children. And um, as Proverbs 22 verse 6 says, Train a child up in the way he should go. Even when he's old, he will not depart from it. And I think that's a very, a very strong um, verse to keep in our minds. So all I can say is thank you, ladies. Thank you for your, for your love, for your families, for your children. And just remember that God is with you and he will never leave you nor forsake you. And I just want to encourage you to keep on passing on the faith even if, you do not, even if you do not see the fruit right now, and you may feel a bit despondent, but just keep on keeping on. God bless and have a lovely day. Well, good morning. We've had uh, no tears, even the eight or the ten from the three of us. So I'm going to try and finish this and run home strong without emotion on the platform today. But today we're going to be going through the story of Hannah. And if you want to follow the story as I speak, go to 1 Samuel chapter 1 and 2. And we'll just uh, go through the story. And as we go through the story this morning, I'm just going to bring out some thoughts to encourage you. Our heart this morning for all the ladies in the church, as well as men, that you'll leave here today with your tackies on, ready to run for the cause of of Christ and that you'll be encouraged in your spirit, physically, just all out for God, not to go out feeling, oh, I've got to do a whole lot more, just to be in Christ, know your identity, and to keep on keeping on. So we're going to go through the story of Hannah, and I'm going to tell you a shorter story of my little Hannah, who is 10, and we'll get to that in a while. But this Hannah um, in the Bible was married to Elkanah, and Elkanah had two wives. Penina was the one, and Hannah was the second. Penina was able to bear children. Hannah was not. Her womb was closed. And in that culture of the day, if you did not bear children, you were unfortunately considered a failure, and you were ashamed to your family, especially to your husband. And I'm wondering in our day and age, if we were to have that same view, imagine being classed, ladies, as a failure because you couldn't bear a child. It's quite a thought. But to make matters worse, Penina, who is the other wife, uh, was Hannah's rival. And she provoked Hannah constantly, year after year. And she actually irritated Hannah, as the Bible says. If you read in verse 6, that word irritate is actually in the scriptures. I wonder if any women have rivals here today, people constantly provoking and irritating you while you're trying to deal with some things in your life. But this woman felt incredibly challenged with this great challenge in her life. And it drew her to a place of weeping. And I know that you can identify, ladies, especially when you are so frustrated, the challenge is so big that you are drawn just to weep. And often we cannot put those tears into words, but we weep. And what's more is during that time, she couldn't even eat. And when I considered that, I, you know, we want to quickly rush to the end of the story because it ends really well. But when I just processed the stages that Hannah went through, I just had a pause at that moment with her tears and no appetite. And it made me just think that she was in a really dark place, not wanting to eat, crying a lot. That lady was in a deep, dark tunnel. It was a difficult thing for her. And I think when we read the story of Hannah in the Bible, we know the answer. 
But we forget the turmoil and the anguish that this woman being barren had to bear and had to carry through this time. Even her husband, Elkanah, could not bring comfort to her. If you read on in that story, you'll notice that he could not even comfort her. He says to her, am I not enough for you? But it was clear that he wasn't, that this thing was burning in her. It was a great time of bitterness and just sadness for her. And we get to verse 10 in the story, and, and it says, In bitterness of soul, Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord. And our focus on this little section as we close today is on just keep on praying, keep on praying. But she prays to the Lord in her tears and in her bitterness. And I was so aware as I was reading this passage that often we try and deal with the tears first. We try and deal with the bitterness first. We try and deal with the condition of the soul first before we come. But there is a wide invitation to each of us that in the midst of bitterness, in the midst of anguish, ladies and men, in the midst of grief, in the midst of barrenness, in the midst of the challenge, she comes and she prays in the midst of her tears. She doesn't get it all together before she comes and she prays in the temple. In the midst of that, she comes and she asks of God. In her prayers, at one point, she makes a vow with God and she says, if you would give me a child, I will give that child back to you. And this man, Eli, who was the priest at the time, is in the temple and Hannah happens to be there at the time and she's praying in her heart, but the priest does not know that. She's mouthing words, but there's no audible sound. And he thinks that she's drunk. You know, if you had to see someone like this, you know, you would start to question their sanity. But Eli challenges her and, and approaches this and head on and says, why are you drunk? What is going on? You need to stop this kind of behavior. And she says in verse 15 that she is a deeply troubled woman. I'm pouring out my soul to the Lord. She's praying out of anguish and grief. And I know that some of you can identify that with that this morning. And then what happens is after this encounter, he says to her, go in peace and may God grant your request. And she says, may I just find favor. And this amazing thing for me happens at this, and this is the turning point of the story, is where Hannah leaves, something is different. She walks into that temple with tears, with anguish, with grief, bitterness of soul, deeply troubled woman, and she cries out to God and has an encounter with the priest in the temple, and something changes. Something changes in that moment. She goes away after that encounter, and the Bible says that she begins to eat. And the Bible says that her face was not downcast anymore. It shows me that something happened in her physical and something happened in her heart in that moment of prayer and encouragement from the priest. And as I was preparing for this morning, I really felt that God wanted us to stop there for a while and just to ponder on the word breakthrough in the midst of a challenge. And as we look at that and we see what happened, there was a personal breakthrough for Hannah in the time of trial. So there was not a wish he had granted. The priest said, may your wish be granted. But she didn't know if after that she would have children. But something changed in her heart. Something happened in her physical behavior change. And her face was not downcast anymore. God did something in the midst of her releasing that prayer to the Lord and receiving that encouragement from the priest. She was a changed lady when she left. 
And I'm very challenged today to say that when we come to God in prayer, some of us are coming in anguish, we're coming with tears, perhaps we're coming with very little faith and perhaps even very little hope because some of the prayers that we have prayed, we have prayed for a long, long time and we have not seen any change with our eyes. But the key for me in this passage was not the result that mattered so much as the heart change that happened within Hannah and her state of emotion when she left that place. And I want to encourage you today to keep on keeping on because in this day and time with the great challenges that we are facing, they press and they press and they squeeze and they squash. And sometimes we find ourselves in a place, in a desperate place, and the position that we find ourselves in often is worse than the challenge we are facing because we're not coping anymore. We don't know ourselves in the challenge anymore. We start to get bitter. Or perhaps we just keep crying. We are so desperate for God to move in this thing. And the challenge for us in that is that the coping of the oneself and the, uh, the okayness, if there is a word like that, to be yourself becomes greater challenge right now because you're not coping as opposed to the challenge that began. Does that make sense? And for the breakthrough to come in that I really felt that as Hannah offered up those prayers and as the preach encouraged, a priest encouraged her at that point, that there was a breakthrough in herself. There was a breakthrough in herself first. And she goes away a different lady. And I want to say to you this morning, ladies, keep on praying. Because perhaps there's going to be a personal breakthrough for you. Maybe not in the circumstance. Maybe you're not going to see the answer prayer. But for you, you're going to be physically able and spiritually able. And God can restore faith and encourage your soul. And perhaps your face will not be downcast anymore. So Hannah goes off and they return back to their place of dwelling. And she has a baby. She falls pregnant and she has a baby and it's a boy. Blew up. And his name is Samuel, which means God has heard all the name of the Lord. And so in those moments, Hannah knows that this is a work of God. And she gives this son back to God just as she had vowed earlier. How often are we so clinging and desperate and we're praying and God answers and we forget all the promises and the clinging and just the special relationship that comes out of clinging to God. We forget that in the moment when God actually does answer those prayers. But she's faithful. And the amazing thing is when she gives up this boy for the purposes of God, God does amazing things with this Samuel. And it's almost like God prolongs the birth of Samuel so that he can be born in a time in Israel where it mattered so much. Samuel becomes the last of the judges. He finishes the work of the judges. Samuel anoints the early kings. Imagine your son having the honor of anointing the first kings, Saul and David. And he is one of the greatest prophets spoken of in the Bible. The special thing about Samuel is that he is noted as even a man of prayer in the Psalms when he's referred to it. It says, Samuel was among them who were called on his name. And the legacy of prayer from the mom passed down to Samuel who made such a great impact on the kingdom at that time. But he's remembered elsewhere also in the Bible as someone who called on his name. So Hannah in her brokenness and in her state, she saw God as the rock. The solid rock. She knew that God knew the answer to this. She knew that God was sovereign and she knew that he was the supreme judge 
over all things. In all the unfairness, perhaps, that her eyes saw, she knew that at the end of the day, God is the supreme judge over all things. And it's on that foundation that she calls on his name. She calls on the name of the Lord. And I want to encourage you this morning, if you're facing great trial and you've given up, go back to who God is. Go back to recognizing he's the solid rock. Go back again to know that he knows the answer to your challenges. Go back to know this morning again that God, the truth is that God is sovereign. Go back that in all the unjust that is happening in your life at the moment and where things seem unfair and unrighteous, know that God is the supreme judge over all things. And on this foundation, you make your petition knowing who he is, knowing he has the solution, and knowing that he's the supreme judge and sovereign over all things. So if you're really struggling to get back, to keep on praying, get back to remembering who he is. Dwell in who he is. So who are you calling on? The name of the Lord our God. Our little Hannah was not to be found in the womb initially when we found preg- fell pregnant and went to the doctor and the probe went on the tummy And he's looking, 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 and he can't find the baby. And we go off very disappointed that this child cannot be found. And so there's talk of the baby growing in the tubes and all kinds of things. And we go back a few times, and there's no change. I'm just going to give you the very brief summary of our little Hannah. And eventually, uh, we, well not eventually, we called on people in the church to pray with us, some of the elders, and Matt and I prayed together. And one morning he was reading the scriptures, and God gave him a, a verse while he was praying and reading. And it was from Psalm 22, verse 10, and it said, From birth I was cast upon you. From my mother's womb, you have been my God. And we clung to this promise that God had given Matt while he was praying and reading the Bible. And the next time we went to the doctor, the same thing, probe on, scanning for this baby, and the, and the baby cannot be found. And just as the doctor was removing the probe from me, Matthew says, or the doctor says to us before the time, we're going to go and have to talk about some other solutions. And as he was removing the probe off uh, my stomach, my husband, Matthews, not the doctor, by the way, says, what's that? And I think he must have thought these people are a bit, you know, let me go, let me just humor them so that I can break the news a bit later. And he puts it back on and he finds this little fluttering butterfly, the heartbeat of Hannah. And it was just such a wonderful thing when we sat down be, uh, with him and he was behind the table, he said, something had me confused there. And it was just a very interesting moment, but we clung to the promise of God, and we prayed, and we prayed, and we asked others to pray with us. We had to keep keeping on, and those few days just felt like forever. It was the strangest thing how you could love a baby without even knowing them, trying to find a, a fluttering heartbeat. It was a special time of just calling on the name of God and just trusting Him that His purposes will prevail. We knew that He was our solid rock, and He knew exactly what to do. I really want to encourage you today just to keep on praying. When we pray, it just opens the gates for God to work. It opens for God to work and to come in. And the breakthrough comes. Either the breakthrough comes personally in our challenge where we are carrying such heavy burdens to be able to continue to hear His voice, to be encouraged by others, and to just bring this petition before God like Hannah did in the temple. And sometimes it's a both and. The breakthrough comes in the circumstance as well. Sometimes it's either or. But there is a chance for us to come as we are, burdened, bittered, 
deeply troubled, we can come as we are and we can keep on asking and we can keep on knocking. And in Ephesians 6 verse 8, it says at all times, with all kinds of requests, we can come. It doesn't matter how big the ask is today, how big the breakthrough that you're wanting is today, you can come and ask because of who you are in Jesus and mostly because of who He is, our powerful and great God. Ladies and and the men in the room, we really want to leave you encouraged this morning. Let's rise in faith. Let's keep on asking. Let's keep on being persistent with community that God has given us because we grow through community. We're encouraged through community and we encourage others by being connected in community, just like Priscilla. Let's keep the faith going. Let's keep the Bible open in our homes. Let's keep on passing on faith. Perhaps you've passed on faith and your children have left home. Keep on passing on faith. It's not for nothing. And the third challenge is let's just keep on asking. Let's keep on praying. Let's keep on. I want to say to us this morning that there is a race marked out for each of us. The races are different, but there is a race marked out for you. And there is a race marked out for me to run. Will you finish well? In Hebrews 12 verse 1, it says, Since we have been surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let's throw off everything that hinders us. And the sin, let's throw it off. Let's get it out the way so that we can run this race with perseverance, the race marked out for us. We trust that you are encouraged today to run. Run, even if you're just putting one foot in front of the other, keep going. Do not give up because he's the solid rock. He knows your needs. He is sovereign and he is the supreme judge over all things. Amen. I'm just going to ask Vickers to come and close for us this morning. Um, he's going to share scripture with us and he's just going to pray for us today. Can't let the woman have the last say. <laughs> Thank you, ladies. That was awesome. I think they need a big round of applause. <clears throat> just remember, they don't do this often speaking in public and it can be very daunting. And I think they were amazing and, and really blessed us. We really privileged to have women like you in our church. So thank you, man. Appreciate that. Um, I was just praying last night and this morning also really wanting to bless the ladies, asking the word, the Lord for a word. And uh, yeah, I just felt him drop um, Isaiah 54 in my heart. And if I thought about it, I suppose I knew what it said, but I just went there and, and it actually talks about a woman. I was really encouraged by that. So I really want to share this with you just very quickly before we close and pray. Um, I think it ties up a lot with what the lady said and with what Anthea said. And this is... It says, Sing, O barren woman, you never bore a child. Burst into song, shout for joy. You were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than that of her husband, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you'll spread out to the right and spread out to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in desolate cities. Do not be afraid. You will not suffer shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. For your maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. And yeah, I just want to encourage you. I just have such a sense in the Lord of your destiny and your purpose as a woman and how, how the Father sees you. And I just feel that your your purpose and destiny is in the Lord as they've shared you. Just... Be connected, Lord. You are his, his, he's your husband. I mean, I often felt my wife as a, 
as a husband, but he's the perfect husband. He, he will provide for you, he'll care for you. And the real thing I just sense the Lord saying is that your worthiness is in him. It's in Christ. It's in the Father. It's not in how you dress and what you weigh and whether your children make the A team or the B team or yeah, what kind of parties you throw for your birthday parties or anything like that. Your, your identity and your worthiness is in Christ Jesus. It's in the Father because he sees you as this perfect, amazing woman that he's got all this thing planned for you. You will spread out to the left, to the right. Just feel it's a season of fruitfulness for the for the woman and a p- time of purpose and, and, as we heard, just running the race. So really be encouraged with that. Um, yeah, thank you, ladies. That was really awesome. So let's close in prayer. We're going to specifically pray for the ladies, but I'll pray for all of you. Father, thank you that you were in the house today. Thank you for your incredible word that so so encourages us. It gives us so much life. It gives us so much purpose. Lord, I, I ask that we will find our purpose and identity, our worthiness in you, the way you see us, the way what you've got for us. I specifically pray for the woman again this morning. Lord, I pray that these words the lady shared will, will encourage them. It will, will speak to their core. Lord, I really pray that there will be fruitfulness amongst our women. I pray that you'll raise up this incredible woman of God to do all these things that you planned for them, that they'll spread out to the left and to the right. And Lord, that you've just got so much for them. When they, when they find identity in you, there is just so much you've got for them. So Lord, I pray a real blessing on them today. Um, bless them as mothers. Bless them as, as wives. Um, yeah, Lord, just would you, will you just bless them and give them grace. Lord, I pray for everyone else. Thank you for their faithfulness to come here. Will you keep them? Will you provide for them? Lord, thank you that you are our provider and that you never leave us and never forsake us. Amen.